Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to Nobody Panic with me, Stevie Martin. Full name. And me, Tessa Coates, also my full name. Middle name's Joanne, named after my grandma, Joan. That's not the same, is it? Because they interestingly, Tessa on Facebook is Tessa Louise. So for our entire friendship, I've thought her middle name was Louise. Let's not get into that story because we've got more good stuff. So today we're talking all about how to eat healthily, which is obviously something that you know when you Google, you might as well just explode because there's just no, there's so many facets of it. But we wanted to really like talk to somebody that knows their stuff and also can explain it to us in a simple way that we can understand. We've got the wonderful Florence Wild Nicholas who practices in East London. She's a nutritional therapist at Florence Wild Nutrition. And you can find all about her at florencewild.co.uk. She also runs plant-based supper clubs. Find them on Instagram at wild underscore feasts. By the way, spelling wild, W-Y-L-D-E. Not like a wild animal, like a wild nutritional therapist. That's the context. Um, thank you so much for coming in, Florence, or just sort of being on the lockdown vibe with us. Thank you for having me. Very exciting. How are you doing in, in, in lockdown, Florence? How's, how's it going? Real ups and downs. There's some really nice parts of it. Um, mm. I definitely feel on the whole, I think, more relaxed than I have done for the last few years. Yes. I made the decision in the run up to lockdown to move back in with my parents. So I've been here for four months which is a third of a year, which is quite an extraordinary How's experience it for everyone. <laughs> Amazingly, there's been no arguments. Um, I have been running around trying to um, change people's diet and kind of I've, I've assigned myself head of gut health um, in the house, Excellent. which um, sometimes is well received and sometimes just really pisses, pisses my family off because sure. they're like, I just want to eat what I want to eat and try and survive lockdown without you running around trying to fill us with extra carrots or whatever <laughs> carrots okay i'm making That's a note thing, already isn't it? carrots it's it does feel like in lockdown there's so few places to get some dopamine that you're like i guess it'll be just a love another lovely treat a lovely you know another lovely meal like where else am i going to get any sort of joy from it feels almost harder to try and be healthy and look after yourself when yeah. there's so few places to you know 
so all few I'm times doing to feel is nice. at the fridge, I'm just staring Totally, at the fridge. yeah, yeah. And you, every time you go there, you expect something in the fridge to have changed. Yes, yes, yes. yes that happens yes. constantly. Oh, but talking of uh, you being the head of gut health and your family, <laughs> what what's the most adult thing you've done this week? Absolutely nothing to do with gut health. Right. Um, well, actually, no, that's not true. It does have something to do with. Gut- the longer version of the story does have something to do with gut health. I went online to buy something, and this is going to sound very wanky, but I went online to buy myself a kombucha brewing jar. Don't even know what that is. Wow. What is kombucha? Um, kombucha is a fermented kind of fizzy drink. Um, it's delicious. There's a meme of a girl. Uh, she's called Kombucha Girl, and she mm. drinks it, and then she goes, mm? well, no. Could be. <laughs> I have. Yeah. I have that and is it good is it supposed to be good for you or is it just yeah yeah very good for you um especially if you make it yourself the ones that you buy um in the shops have obviously had to go through slightly more of a process to get on the shop's floor to make them kind of safe so doing it at home i think you kind of get a bit more a bit more well it's not actually bacteria it's fungus um, oh, fungus drink! <laughs> Lovely. It tastes like piss. It's <laughs> mine's delicious, actually. I bet it is. But one day you guys can try it when I'm back in London. I That's promise. Excellent. I'll give you some of my homebrew. So that the adult thing. You've homebrewed kombucha. Well, no, wait, yes. There's more. But the the thing that I was going to say was I went online to buy this bit of equipment, and um, they had it on like an independent website, and it was it was more expensive, and you had to pay for shipping than it was on Amazon and I got to Mm. Amazon and I got to the checkout and I thought no I'm going back to the independent place yes that's great good for you thank you you stick it you hear that Jeff he (laughs) listens his only escape from his daily work well done you now I don't have an adult thing I just wanted to very quickly give an onion update the people are the people are clamoring to hear about what's happened no one is clamoring a couple of episodes ago you might have uh, heard and if you haven't fine I'll just update you very quickly I just got an onion and I planted it and I because it shot little shoots and I was like what is this trying to live I'm not gonna throw it away and I looked up Google there's loads it was very confusing there's loads of different ways to do it and so I sort of picked one and then just did it and Tessa was very understandably was like "Mm, I think you think an onion's going to grow out of that and it won't and I was like Tessa come on keep like give me a break I'm trying anyway uh it's basically gone rotten and died (laughs) I really thought you were going to be like and here it is to show you the onion no I think we even had a a bet on it so I owe you an onion I don't know what we bet on (laughs) oh I'm really sorry to hear that my adult thing is uh three days on the trot I've attempted to walk to home base to buy a cordless orbital sander first time got there it was shut second time I misjudged the closing hours shut again third time got bored in the park halfway through stopped <laughs> stopped the journey <laughs> today's the day you wait till I, you hear the end of it i'm gonna try and make some shelves so i've got some old oh, wow. scaffolding that i got out of a skip <laughs> and look i've been on pinterest i've seen how people do it gonna buy yeah. the sander i've got big dreams stevie we're all very adult and we're all trying let's get in because this is my dream to have somebody explain to us about your gut health because i think i speak for both of us when i say we're not well (laughs) we're not well (laughs) i also think i speak for a lot of people who just like quietly taken just quietly roll with the fact that they are sick quite a lot Mm. that something makes them unwell they don't really know what it is and then they're just like yeah i guess i just have this response and i just get on with it people just really take that for granted and be like yeah this happens but also, at the very least, even if you're not ill, I know that for years, I just, you just put, put food in your mouth, it pops out. And you're like, yes, I suppose it's a wizard. Like, you have no idea 
what is going on. And it's probably even beneficial to everyone to understand a bit of what is happening in your own body every single day and every hour of every day. So please, if you will, take it away with leaders on this gut journey. We in, could imagine not be it is a wizard. Imagine it. that's the answer. <laughs> yeah. that's it's the a answer. witch. Oh, of course. So, oh, the patriarchy. That I, Once again, your internal misogyny, Stevie. Um, so I think the best place to start is a brief run through of what actually happens when we digest food. Mm-hmm. So digestion begins in the brain. So when we smell food or even think about food, our brain releases certain hormones, which send a message to your mouth to start secreting saliva. So when you put the food in your mouth, there's saliva and teeth to start to kind of break down the food. And that's one of the most fundamentally important parts of digestion is is breaking down food in the mouth, which is a thing that nine times out of 10, most of the people that I work with, they aren't chewing their food properly. And I think our generation, especially, there's this huge culture of eating on the go, eating in front of the computer, eating in front of Netflix, eating on the phone. So already by not chewing food properly, what happens is you're swallowing particles that are are too big Mm. so once the food passes through the mouth it goes down the esophagus and into the stomach where it's greeted with stomach acid stomach acid again really important for digestion and it has two well quite a few roles but two main roles one of them is to um break down food even more into smaller particles and the second one is a kind of beginning of what is kind of quite simple to think of as like a digestive domino effect basically so what happens when we secrete stomach acid is the presence of stomach acid sends a message to our small intestine which is where the food goes next to secrete bicarbonate and bicarbonate carries on this digestive process of breaking down the food but also we begin to then absorb nutrients in the small intestine and then from the secretion of bicarb that then sends a message to the liver and the gallbladder and the pancreas to keep secreting these digestive juices as it were (laughs) so there's digestive enzymes there's bile and lots of other kind of constant enzymes and liquids that are being released to help us break down food with the main and most important goal of being able to absorb it so if you're not breaking down your food properly then you're not getting the best out of nutrients that you're that you're eating or drinking or supplementing and what I think is quite quite a big thing to acknowledge is that if if this stage isn't happening but you're eating wonderful foods you could be eating the best diet in the world you could be having you know delicious organic Avon and Cole foods washed kombucha. down with the best kombucha and a handful of millions of pounds worth of supplements. But if it's going straight through you, basically you're getting is a very expensive poo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's depressing, isn't it? (laughs) So in order to it be any help, it has to be incredibly small. So that so that the 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 gut can absorb it, our body can absorb it and it can go around the body where it's supposed to go. So um we've done the mouth, we've gone down the esophagus, we've gone through the stomach, we've gone through the small intestines, and then it passes from the small intestines into the large intestines. And the large intestines is home to our microbiome, which mm. is um and we can come on to this in a bit more detail, but basically we have trillions of different um bacteria living inside us at any one moment, not just bacteria, bacteria, parasites and fungi, all in, on the whole living there harmoniously and not just not just harmoniously but actually they they pay a hugely important role to overall health and and are massively involved in loads of different processes so um breaking down hormones um sleep weight so- gain weight loss um we are all completely individual in terms of our bacterial makeup we've got more bacteria than we do genes 
and our bacteria can communicate with our genes which I think is like the most inspiring fantastic thing to know because we can influence our bacteria so although we can't change our genes we're, we're stuck with them on the whole we can change our bacteria so that kind of communication between the two is is something that can be manipulated. What are they saying when they're communicating? And what accent are they using? <laughs> they're definitely northern. <laughs> what? Great, yeah, of course, makes sense. Of course they are. And what are they managing to communicate? Like, what can they say? So what? we are bacteria um, in our gut. When we when we eat fibre, it feeds our bacteria, and they then create something called short chain fatty acids. And it's the short chain fatty acids that kind of jump between bacteria and our cells and and communicate and and link things up. So um, it's also these short chain fatty acids that are thought to be really involved in the link between our gut and our brain and in terms of that communication um, and our immune system. So over over 80 percent of our immune system is located in the gut. It's made, located and maintained by the environment within the gut. And this is really new science has only been in the last kind of 15, 20 years that the research has really ramped up so there are lots of studies and findings that support a lot of this information in these theories but there's no kind of exact concrete knowledge as to how this mechanism and this communication works we just know that it does you know when i because i remember reading a lot about how people with they're looking into like maybe looking into kind of actual like antidepressants rather than taking the sort of ssris or whatever that we're used to now that they're looking at the gut because there's such a strong between IBS and and your brain because obviously people so many people have IBS and they have, I have IBS absolutely dreadful but like it, the doctors have all sort of said that it's well limit your stress and you're always like eh, shut up but actually they think it's so linked that they might start treating or attempting to start treating depression through your stomach which blew yeah. my mind yeah well over I think it's over 80% of serotonin is created in the gut oh my god so if there's poor gut function, which again, we can come on to. So even just very, very basic things like not being able to um, digest food properly, that has an impact on how we are, how our whole gut as a whole, the whole system is working. So if if there's kind of issues somewhere along the chain of digestion, then serotonin may not be able to travel up to the brain as efficiently as it should be able to. And then we may be met with depression, but also there's there's quite a lot of evidence now to suggest that, I mean, this is certainly the way that I practice, that depression is a result of inflammation. And again, thinking about the immune system in the gut, um, over over 80% of our immune system is within the gut. And if there's inflammation within the gut, then that can quite easily go up to the brain as well. So there's um, quite a lot to suggest that the reason why certain antidepressants work is because accidentally and as a as a byproduct of the way that they were created by the pharmaceuticals they also work as an anti-inflammatory and it could be wow. the anti-inflammatory mechanism wow. that helps with the depression rather than the you know complicated ssri serotonin reuptake inhibitor mechanism God. of the drugs Holy this is shit. a very exciting time then for research we're kind of moving towards a new phase aren't we maybe of completely understanding our gut in a different way it's, it blows my it absolutely blows my mind that that is a thing it is fascinating and what we're finding more and more is that we are all so unique and individual so one thing that works for someone won't necessarily work for someone else and that's probably to do with the environment of the gut and different bacteria levels and kind of what's going on within the gut so it's hugely exciting and it's definitely the way that I practice and the way that I work I focus on the individual as a whole and their individual makeup but when you look at that in terms of NHS and western medicine it's tricky because that's not how health and people are 
dealt with. Generally, it's kind of Mm. something to treat a symptom rather than looking at the root cause of what it is that's driving that symptom in the first place. So I have a question, please. Uh, I uh, get offered a seat on the tube uh, constantly because people think I'm pregnant. And then I take them because they're so embarrassed and I'm too embarrassed. I got uh, handed around various doctors who didn't know what to do with me. And I had a a colonoscopy camera and they were like, you've got the little... I want to say that the little bits in your tummy, the villi things, they were like, you're you're a celiac a bit and then they just die. And so you're, you're just bloated all the time. So basically my tummy is just massive all the time and I can't really get it to go down. And then occasionally I have these terrible flare ups in which I... I'm dripping in sweat from head to toe and I have to take all my clothes off in the bathroom. What's the diagnosis, doctor? (laughs) So wait, have you been diagnosed as a bit celiac? Is that what you're telling me? A bit. And then they just, yeah. And then, and then I would get handed to another doctor who would say, you can't be a bit celiac. And then they would also test me and then they'd be like, oh yeah. And then they'd hand me on again. Okay. So, um, celiac is an autoimmune condition. Do you know that? Yes. So that is when the body mistakes self tissue so normal tissue as a foreign invader and starts to attack it um particularly in relation to eating gluten that can kind of um, antagonize that process so in terms of thinking about it like that there is an inflammatory process that is happening in your body your immune system is is overreacting in a certain way so i don't really see how you can be a bit celiac if there is an autoimmune condition (laughs) at at play um that's so if you were my client then what i would do is i would want to do some testing with you so i work a lot with stool testing I don't do it, have anything to do with the poo. You poo in a, in a, in a few pots and send them off. And then um, I would get the results and it would come back with all sorts of information about your microbiome, about your good bacteria, whether there's any overgrowths or undergrowth, whether there's any parasites. But also what would be key for you is looking at your inflammatory markers. So whether there's something that you're eating that's causing major inflammation or mild inflammation or something in between within your gut which then means that your immune system is constantly in a state of alert and kind of fighting off whatever it is that you're eating that it doesn't like so yes that's probably is gluten if you've been told that you're a bit celiac but also it could be something else it could be that you're very sensitive to to particles that are similar to gluten or that may have been cooked or prepared in a similar environment or in the same environment as somewhere else that's gluten so there's a kind of cross reactivity thing that that can go on um so even if you don't eat gluten you may still be sensitive to certain proteins or foods or something that may have come into mild contact with gluten so I'd kind of want to look at that and then we'd also be it would also tell us how you were um, breaking down your um, fats proteins and carbohydrates so kind of going back to what we were saying before about the very initial fundamental process of of digestion and what happens when you eat food so it's possible that you you're not secreting enough of some of the digestive enzymes that that we mentioned before and therefore large particles getting through and causing bloating and causing discomfort and causing your immune system within your gut to say what what is going on here why are these large particles getting through and where they shouldn't be and and will all that be because i would absolutely when you said your immune system is just constantly fighting like that is exactly how i would describe my body is just constantly we're constantly on edge who are we fighting nobody knows and 
all that you can tell from a piece of poo can you you can be tell able to it, yeah, say yeah huge amount of information as- it wouldn't tell us um there, there are certain tests that tell you or indicate if there are specific foods that you're reacting to so you've already had the gone down the nhs route of testing and you've been found to be a bit celiac so it would be a kind of carry on from that with with quite a lot more information to work with and then go in and directly manipulate well calm things down through diet and then begin to kind of make changes to your to the environment in your gut particularly thinking about your microbiome and and getting those levels up to where we want them to be because as i said the microbiome is so crucially important for immune immune function and and this release of short chain fatty acids and then that would then calm everything down and hopefully get get you feeling a bit more comfortable and that's kind of top line Mm. summary i was gonna say what what's normal bloating and what's abnormal bloating? Like, as in, what can people look out for? Um, I'm always amazed by what people get used to and think is normal in terms of bloating. You shouldn't feel uncomfortable and you shouldn't feel in pain after eating a meal. Mm, you should what? feel... Not unless you go out and eat five pizzas and wash it down with six beers but you know day to day you should be eating until you're full and feel know that you're full but not feel uncomfortable and your clothes shouldn't be restrictive or that's fascinating because I think most most meals I'm you just get so used to being bloated you're like that's that's normal the diet and lifestyle that we are all surrounded by particularly in the western world um it's a lot of heavily processed food that we're not necessarily built to to be able to digest and to be able to eat in the huge quantities that that we do it um, makes sense when you think of how what humans were like geologically not long ago <laughs> and now yeah. what, we're, what we're eating now like even just fake cheese or like yeah totally and then on top of that if you think about people probably get completely sick of me going on and on and on and on about but slowing down eating food properly chewing chewing each mouthful about 25 to 30 times which is quite a lot and when you first say that to people they're like oh god and like that in itself sometimes I'll send someone off and just say just do that I don't want to give you anything else to do until you've mastered the basics of chewing your food (laughs) and it can come down to stomach acid because if you're eating quickly or if you're at work and you grab something and eat it at your desk you haven't smelt the food you haven't thought about the food so you haven't had that basic chemical message begin to begin to secrete stomach acid the brain hasn't told your gut to get you get ready for digestion digestion so you're not in uh, there's there's two different sides to our nervous system there's the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system the parasympathetic is also known as the rest and digest so it's when everything kind of calms down and our body sends blood flow to certain parts of the body so rest and digest so digesting but the opposite to that is fight or flight which we are constantly in a state of fight or flight when we're at work or when we're on the computer or when we're multitasking lots of things going on so if you go from that environment straight into trying to eat the very basic digestive processes aren't in place because your body's not expecting your brain hasn't told your body to expect to receive food and that can cause bloating and discomfort massively that's so interesting because your body's like well, we're trying to fight off a tiger Exactly. So the blood flow goes into your muscles and into your brain and to kind of be ready for ongoing danger, which obviously, yeah, used to be a tiger, but these days, you know, it's a bloody email or something. Actually, it's such a tiger for me. I'm constantly (laughs) fighting tigers. This is my life. She lives lives in Jumanji. I do. Would you say that's why, like, sometimes you go on holiday and you feel so much more well and you're able to, like, just sit because you, you know, you've just sat and had dinner very slowly and had time to, you know, there was nothing else on and you just ate your meal. 
totally so i think i i hear people saying that when they go on holiday to italy and they eat all the pizza and all the pasta they don't get uncomfortable and then often people will say oh it's because it's better quality which i think Mm -hmm. probably it is but that's such a like you think it's that Mm. you're like it's because our stuff is great it's like it's not it's so much more yeah i think it's much more likely to be being away and relaxed and being in that rest and digest mode it's so hard in in modern day to actually make time to be restful and i can't imagine having like in the middle of the day being like and now i will look at this sandwich for 20 minutes just to show my brain to get the saliva going how long before how long smelling do we need before we're allowed to eat well and another quick win um that really helps with stomach acid production is um having a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar in a little bit of warm water and having that about 15 minutes before a meal the the bitterness will basically stimulate your stomach to produce more stomach acids. That's quite a nice habit to get into. No excuses in lockdown. Oh yeah, no. But is there is there anything nicer that's a variation of that? We've got to do the apple cider vinegar. No, there are things. Um, so bitter herbs, um, rocket, watercress, mint. Okay. Um, oh yeah, I could fennel, eat some mint. Ginger. What about a mojito? <laughs> mojito before every meal. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Mojito before every meal. Yeah, so something slightly bitter, whether that's a, a drink of something bitter or a bittery tasting food, that will begin mm. to stimulate stimulate digestion as well. Licorice is quite good. You can chew. You can get kind of um, licorice uh, sweets. Are you are you basically just trying to prepare the the channel basically so your yeah. whole body is ready for this You're like screaming down like come on guys get ready <laughs> here it, here it comes i've had exactly. the licorice root come on yeah. what more do you want <laughs> and then all the bios in there being like jesus christ there's a licorice coming <laughs> that's comes. your well, that's, i'm doing an impression of your wobbly things Tessa. the, the villi oh, yeah, is the that villi. true those oh, villi are they villi yeah yeah, they're, they're wobbly, aren't they? Are they? Yeah, and I used to go to the. I used to say the doctor tried to explain it to me, and I was like, "Listen, here's what I'm hearing. Have you seen the Little Mermaid?" And he was like, "Get out of, <laughs> out of my office. Get out. I have five minutes on the queue of a million please, people. We haven't got I don't time want to talk this. to you about this. We're on, we're on the NHS schedule, <laughs> yeah. please." And I was like, "Okay, so you know when she turns the mer people into souls, and then they're like." <laughs> but he just made me get out. So I don't know for sure if that was correct. And you mentioned stools, which is look. It's my favourite topic. It's not, but it's fun to talk about. And I know that there's that, you know, there's a Bristol stool chart. And we, we did an, uh, an episode of this podcast ages ago before we were in, called Nobody Panic. Uh, we were the debrief podcast. You can go back and listen to it, where we um, found out about pooing. For people listening, mm, I, want to, well, I want to frame the question as what poo is okay? What poo's bad? What should we be looking out for? Well, poo actually is one of my favourite topics. So a good poo is sausage shaped smooth Mm. around the edges comes out easily without any pain or discomfort and would be a kind of medium brown sorry pause 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 on the good poo when you say smooth (laughs) what what are we talking there are we talking like like a gloss we talking like uh what's the how do we what are you saying sometimes sometimes it can be kind of clumped together so it's like pellets that have been stuck together and it sort of becomes kind of quite jaggy on the outside clay yeah clay in the when you just plopped all your clay together yeah um so if if it's kind of clumpy and a bit jagged and normally will feel a bit harder that that's slightly on the constipated side but it can still be fully formed but kind of perhaps a bit dehydrated if it's a bit more kind of clumpy okay well thank you that's that's helped (laughs) i think that i think that is a, a question from a woman who's never had a smooth poo yeah so if you're seeing um bits of undigested food in the stool then again that's a quite an obvious um indication that the the digestive functions further up aren't aren't 
happening in the way that they should be. We shouldn't mm. really. I mean, sweet corn and the old bits of nuts and seeds. I mean, that's kind of normal. So, are nuts normal? Question. So seeds, I would say, so small seeds. But if you what start seeing a, a great, peanut? if you start seeing a great walnut or yeah, a whole peanut, I'd maybe be a bit concerned. But concerned because what's happening though? Because you're not breaking it down. Because you haven't chewed the peanut. Yeah. Understood. Maybe less relatable with you, Tessa, because it, it, you are a magical marvel. Your body <laughs> seems to be unable to cope with a lot of food, and, and also you eat quite slowly. I eat like no, I incredibly think, no, quickly. I, I did find myself the other day putting like putting in a mouthful as they're already a mouthful and I was like girl what are you doing I used to work with this lady this wonderful Polish lady we worked we were worked at this catering company and so obviously especially when you're catering you're only allowed to you know eat every like 12 hours or something and you've got to be quite quick about it because someone's going to shout at you to go to back to work anyway she once said to me she was like in my country you say that you can tell how someone makes love from the way they eat their food and I was like go on and she was like with you very greedy, very enthusiastic, don't really know what you're doing. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> and I was like, very, that's, it's, that's it. That's pretty on brand. But no, I definitely, yeah, I went through, a, I basically heard that like cashews were good for you. So I bought this massive bag of cashews from Lidl and I just ate the whole thing and I gave myself food poisoning. So there's look, a lot. Go- I've done myself no favours. There's a lot going on. Sorry, also we keep interrupting the bad poos. Um, and then constantly having constipation or diarrhoea again suggest that there's not something there's something not quite right going on with with the digestion you should celebrate yourself every day but some days you should celebrate with jewelry whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection blue nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So I, because I've got IBS and I, I don't want to make it very specific because I want, obviously it's, it's for people listening to be able to uh, go like, oh, you know, fine. But I think IBS is such a common problem mm-hmm. and I'm basically always going from one to the other. And I think yeah. quite a lot of people have that. And when you are told that you have IBS, well, I mean, maybe other people have had better experiences, but it's mainly just like, oh, well. Off you go. And yeah. you're like, fine, that, that's my life. This is my life Have now. Have water and um, don't yeah. get so stressed, hey? Yeah, yeah. 
The thing about IBS is it's IBS syndrome. And what syndrome means is um, you're given the diagnosis of IBS syndrome when they've ruled out anything more sinister. Mm. So it doesn't really give you any answers as to as to why you're getting your symptoms. It's basically just like, here you go, IBS syndrome, nothing really to worry about, off you go and on your way. But actually, it's really unhelpful because <laughs> really all you can be given is something to bung you up or something to speed you up. They either give you laxatives or something to bulk you up. Um, but again, it's it's thought that, I think the last time I checked, it was like, over it was around 70 percent mark of ibs is linked to bacterial overgrowth um so this could be an overgrowth of bacteria in the small intestines there shouldn't really be much bacteria in the small intestines it's the large intestines that's home to the abundance of different bacteria so when there starts to when we start to grow or cultivate bacteria in the small intestines um when we eat certain foods and they reach the small intestines they start to ferment in the small intestines and that fermentation process causes bacteria living in the small intestines to release certain gases and it's the it's generally on the whole those gases that cause the problems in terms of IBS like presentations so there's there's three largely um different gases that I would look out for one of them would be bacteria producing methane and one of them would be bacteria producing hydrogen they're the two most common ones and so methane is commonly associated with constipation Mm. and maybe kind of some altering in stools and hydrogen is more associated with loose stools and bloating and burping after meal and just kind of general pain and discomfort and so the way that I would tackle IBS is to rule out or kind of get a a closer picture as to what's going on on a bacteria level within the gut and then start to manipulate that through whatever came up on on testing so for some people that would be kind of working towards reducing the bacteria levels in the small intestine whether that's through kind of supplementation of antimicrobials which are kind of more herbal based antibiotics or by nourishing the whole environment of the gut and thinking about good bacteria and thinking about stomach acid and kind of getting the body to start to heal itself and begin to slowly alter the environment or or it's kind of quite helpful to think about it as a garden really we've all got our own different garden with lots of different things growing in it and if we can get it harmoniously growing with the right bacteria in the right places and not too much of some and not too little of others then encouraging that harmony of your own garden can be can really really help with IBS I mean if you're going at it solo without the aid of, of you know a chief gardener yeah like yourself to mm-hmm. help you through it, if you're solo gardening would something like an elimination diet be something that you yeah so that, keeping a food and- diary would be a really good place to start so writing down everything that you're eating and recording how you're feeling and then um, whether that's f- how you're feeling in the gut or how you're feeling in in your mind or just generally energy levels mood and beginning to kind of pick out certain foods that you might be eating that are causing issues. There's a food plan which they might have suggested that you try it out called the low FODMAP. Oh, absolutely yeah. not for me. Sorry. <laughs> like, can't eat onions? Nah. <laughs> it's very restrictive. It can give immediate or quite quick symptom relief. It's not something that should be followed long term so I think that's the mistake that people make they go on it and they start to feel better and then they become terrified of anything that's high FODMAP so FODMAP are it's basically the range of how fermentable a certain food is and by removing those foods you're removing fermentable foods and then removing um kind of trigger for bloating and discomfort 
So it works very nicely as a way of providing symptom relief, but then you'd need to kind of be thinking about the environment in your gut and strengthening it and getting the body to kind of support itself. And, and so that ultimately you can get to a point where you can have quite a varied diet and not have issues from what you're eating so thinking about stomach acid again thinking about chewing food this idea of bitters before meals or apple cider before a meal that helps with your stomach acid production and again an, a really important job of stomach acid is to kill off bacteria so mm. a food that would otherwise ferment too high up in the digestive chain having adequate stomach acid is going to help with this process we actually haven't talked about the actual food that you're putting no. in your body because also as, of course we I feel like we are told a lot, you know, focus on whole foods, focus on non-processed foods. And we sort of all know this and then we all don't do it. But it'd be interesting to know, realistically, obviously, in an ideal world, world, we would all only eat whole foods. Realistically, that's very, very difficult in the core. And also it's very privileged um, because whole foods are often more expensive and all of that. Mm. Is there a realistic thing that we should be looking at, like a percentage thing or basically anything you, you can help? Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I just think it's like absolutely appalling in this country that it's it, it's more of a privilege to be able to eat healthy in terms of affordability when actually peasant food in so many countries all over the world is is fruit and vegetables and kind of very basic whole foods. I mean, that's something that I'm always trying to kind of help people to find easy, cheap ways of eating well, because it can be done. It's just there's just been so much marketing gone into all sorts of superfoods and things flown over from Peru, which we don't need. Mm. The question about what to eat in terms of percentages I generally advocate for an 80% of the good stuff 20% of the not so good stuff a a thing to bear in mind is that the um, government guidelines when they created the five a day strap line apparently there was a conversation that happened where it was suggested by I don't know whoever was part of the group decision that actually the the best guidelines would be between 10, 10 and 12 servings of fruit and vegetables per day but apparently there was a conversation where they said oh no no one will do that let's just lower it down to five but of course what happens is people will have two or three and go oh well nearly at five but the thing is we should be eating a lot more fruit and vegetables than that so we should really be aiming for kind of 10 to 12 so when you've got that in mind that changes the plate quite a lot um and when you're adding adding in more fruit and vegetables you're kind of naturally then kind of cutting back on some of the Less nutritious stuff, Mm. but you know, a balanced plate is about 50% vegetables, a small amount of protein, some good fats, and by good fats, I mean fish, avocado, olive oil, olives, uh, eggs, lean meat, and then carbohydrates, so grains, rice. And that's funny when you think of um, the you know, you've got your pasta meal and it's an entire plate of spaghetti, of a pasta and then a tiny bit of sauce on top and then mm. cheese. And you're like, yeah. oh, now that doesn't quite fit into... But um, there are things you can do, obviously, like swaps, you know, like red lentil pasta, but it's like mm. £70,000 for mm. it. So mm. it's very, very difficult. But that's, that gives you at least a visualisation of what you should be aiming for, I suppose. So you can be like, right, well, maybe I'll have some salad with my pasta on the plate so then that's also automatically less room for pasta I don't think that lentil pasta is very nice so I don't don't really eat it but I like the I like rice pasta I like brown rice pasta and I think that that tastes almost exactly the same as as um wheat pasta and it's generally not as expensive so that's quite a good swap um and then yeah just adding in an extra portion of veg whether that's a side portion of cooked vegetables or a salad 
automatically that means you're going to be eating slightly less of the pasta and a bit more of, of the veg so it's just kind of altering quantities if, if you feel like you're starting from a place where you have no idea then I think just like having a quick look online at the general guidance based around age and gender and size in terms of protein intake potentially quite helpful what we find time and time again is that um people aren't eating enough fiber so in the western world people just don't eat enough fiber and that becomes problematic because the fiber is what feeds our microbiome and our good bacteria so by not feeding them then a lot of the goodness and positive impacts that they have on overall health they're not really able to do their job so fiber is also a prebiotic so there's probiotics and there's prebiotics so i think that there's quite a lot of a buzz and interest around probiotics but actually prebiotics are more important a probiotic is a lab produced pill that contains live bacteria uh, so it's your optibac your biocult um those are the kind of the biggest high street names that you'd see so a probiotic capsule it has been produced in a lab and has different strains of bacteria in it that are very well researched and there is a lot to support their efficacy and their benefits in the body but what they do is they kind of help with signaling and communication between our existing bacteria they don't necessarily by taking a lactobacillus supplement you're not suddenly fueling your whole body with lactobacillus which i think is a common misunderstanding Mm. whereas prebiotic so fibrous food is basically the sunshine for your for your garden so it's what they need to grow it's what they eat it's it's how they survive it's how we get the best out of our bacteria what are the best fiber foods what are the best ones Some, some big hitters Come so on. whole grains, so um, brown rice, uh, legumes, lentils, um, chickpeas, and then um, hummus. Root- yeah, I love hummus. Yes, but the best, the very best hummus is the sunshine. Um, root vegetables. So coming back to the comment I made earlier about carrots. So root vegetables, um, carrots, carrots beetroot. And hummus. Yeah, there you go, Stevie. We were right all along. Carrots, beetroot, swede, parsnip, sweet potato. Even even your regular, your humble white potato. But the Great. best thing to do and what um, changes their, the fibre content of root, root vegetables is to cook them and then let them cool. Oh, great. It increases their fibre content. Well, I always do that cool. anyway because I cook it and then my food's always cold. I'm always like, ah, oh, I ruined it. Actually, instinctually, you're doing the, the best thing for your microbes. So great. And then there's fermented food. So um, kefir and kombucha and sauerkraut and kimchi and miso all those kind of fizzy bacteria live foods that people seem to love or hate they contain lots of different bacteria that have um, come about through a process of fermentation and by eating those you're kind of someone a, a colleague said this to me and I and I really like it she said what they do is they kind of keep your immune system on its toes in a good way so it's kind of like exercise for your immune system within your gut because you're putting in all these different bacteria that maybe the body's never been exposed to before and it's basically keeping your immune system yeah exercising really and being like oh what's this is this okay oh this is fine and kind of processing it yes light exercise for the gut immune system a little jog and uh, i've heard that wine you ferment wine wine ferments thoughts (laughs) thoughts um 
red wine has quite a lot of um polyphenols in it so polyphenols are plant chemicals and what give red wine its beautiful lovely dark color um and that has been shown in moderation to be again pretty good for your microbiome hello and also in terms of eating and sleeping there's a lot of people saying you know that there's the times of the day that you eat to eat a massive breakfast a smaller lunch a tiny dinner which Mm -hmm. is my least favorite way around but Mm -hmm. and a lot of and also the way that societally we kind of don't really do that and dinner's Mm -hmm. such a big thing is there any sense in that and does it matter when you eat your food or does it matter more what you're eating Mm, so yeah the time restricted eating is a really really important part of thinking about overall digestive health because again we're not we weren't built to be constantly exposed to food because we now have light and fridges and electricity and you know a very different life to to how our ancestors did where they would when the light ended the food would end whereas now there's fast food culture and there's snacking and so in addition to eating later we're also eating between meals Mm. and that in digestion in itself is quite an inflammatory process on the body it's a huge ask and it's what it's you know it's what our guts are there for and it's an important part of general you know basic human existence but it takes up a lot of energy so by snacking between meals and extending the time that we eat it is putting a certain amount of strain on the body and the energy resources and the, and the gut as a whole. So cutting, being aware of that and cutting that down, so trying to eat all your meals, uh, starting off aiming for within a 10-hour window is quite a good place to start so that your body's got time to break, you know, break down the food, absorb it, process it, and get you ready for the next meal overnight. Final thing that I, I, I wanted to say was just, just about how important, and to get your, your thoughts on, how important it is not to become obsessed with it because obviously things like orthorexia like being obsessed with Mm -hmm. healthy eating is a real problem and it is an eating disorder yeah totally um and that's why I'm kind of keen to like avoid giving direct measurements and suggesting that anyone weighs their food or anything like that because I think that is just a one way ticket yeah I mean yeah if you're cancelling plans or if if you're beginning to feel anxious about your next meal not having a necessarily a positive reaction to to when you think about food that's not a great thing either and just being kind to yourself and if you do go out and end up drinking too much and having a mcdonald's or whatever just you don't need to then be furious with yourself and it's not you haven't messed everything up because we can easily get back on to a path of eating the right foods the next day just have what you had the day before that felt good for you rather than going oh well I've messed it all up now I may as well just let myself (laughs) spiral which does seem to be a kind of common thing that people do but we have the power to to influence our microbiome and our good bacteria and that can we can change that within within a number of hours so if you go off task, yeah depending on what you eat so if you go if you go away on a stag or a hen or a party weekend and you booze too much and you eat all the wrong things and you come back feeling awful which inevitably you do that there's a whole host of things going on there as a result of of overindulging but one of the reasons why you won't feel so great is because your gut bacteria hasn't been fed the right foods but you can then rectify that like you can just change your diet and go back to eating the right foods that you know work for you and that and that generally will kind of rectify the 
the um, the situation for yourself and also that's for your that's right. marvelous to know to use your gardening analogy it's not just like everything's ripped up and everything's ruined forget yeah. it it's like hey look one plant pot's down we'll just put him back up pick again yeah. Back up. Yeah. yeah pick it up although with you tessa and with the autoimmune picture there is something kind of a bit more complex <laughs> oh, to yeah, consider yeah. there it's a bit more than in a few relation, plant pots down <laughs> yeah in relation to to foods particularly obviously wheat and gluten that that is a, a more advanced health picture mm. sorry okay <laughs> no that's fine you've got to say yeah yeah i got it i've got some real gardening to do so. you've got to get a landscape gardener in to help you you've got to get a landscape gardener in. i don't think i can do this one on my own yeah i gotta get i gotta get something in thank this you this has been so fascinating much. so interesting good. i feel I like it's it, yeah we're so good at just being like oh i put i put it in my mouth i i taste it for a bit and then it's gone i it's gone whereas actually it's you know we're all one big connected piece mm-hmm. one big you know constantly moving train system <laughs> sniff the food take your time and put your knife and fork down in between each mouthful that's quite a good good way to start thank you so much for coming in Flo. Pleasure. That was absolutely thank brilliant thank you so much and please do find her at florencewild.co.uk if you're listening and being like yes i would like some advice and help this is the person to speak to. Do check out the supper clubs as well on Instagram at wild underscore feasts. Also do please follow us at Nobody Panic Pod. You can like and subscribe, leave us a review, Why write not? to us at nobodypanicpodcast at gmail.com. Lovely. And this week, just be nice to yourself, 80-20, eat Get some good food. Get that apple cider vinegar in. Smell, smell, smell. Yeah, and remember <laughs> that you will be well. <laughs> you're never eating on your own. You're eating, it's you and the trillions. So you're eating... For the many, not the few. Yes, I've taken that from Corbin. It's you and the trillions. You're you're feeding your your little mermaid from the little mermaid people in the cave. That's what you're doing. Well, you you guys all like and subscribe. And uh, (laughs) have a great week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hi, I'm Lucy Beaumont. And guess what? I'm Sam Campbell. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy our podcast. It's called Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains. It, we have a podcast and 
Oh, it might be. I, I probably don't want to sound, um, you know, like I'm bragging, but it's dynamite. It is electric. It's high voltage. And please, we really need you to listen. You don't understand how much we need this. Is it on all the platforms? Oh, it absolutely is. But um, yeah, we, th- this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brands. <laughs> 